This is the Ezra podcast featuring Atticus because you know Atticus is about to go crazy right now. He always does. He's consistent. He's the most consistent man in this podcast. Even when I falter a little bit, I get up and down. Atticus doesn't. He stays pissing me off 24-7. And I think we had a star-making performance last night. And once again, Golden Boy's card stole the show. As it usually does, honestly. When there's a Golden Boy card, it steals the show. There hasn't been many. And they don't have a lot of resources. And people are right that DAZN's not really backing them the way they should. And I'm curious, you know, at the end of the year, where's PBC going to end up? Where's Golden Boy going to end up? That That's probably some of the most interesting stories in boxing, most important stories in boxing. Uh, maybe not talked about enough. Uh, rumors, you know, around going around Twitter on where everyone's going. But Golden Boy has been delivering. And they, they have two stars. Even though they lost Canelo. And I know you could say that DAZN forced him to lose Canelo and Matram was behind it. But I think it was more Delahoya lost Canelo than Golden Boy or Matram or anyone else had anything to do with it. Golden, uh, Delahoya was all over the place. And he was threatening, you know, he kept saying he was going to fight Canelo. All these things, it was Delahoya's doing. Okay. It was, if you listen to Canelo, it wasn't anybody else but Delahoya's doing because he wasn't. Delahoya was all over the place in his life. And it was affecting Canelo's career. So I don't blame him for leaving. But Golden Boy has regrouped, and they've gotten some damn good fighters. And Virgil Ortiz had a moment yesterday. And it's going to be a similar situation, right, to when Ryan Garcia fought um, Ryan Garcia fought Campbell, and he was dropped in a round. That's the only round anyone really focused on. That's what they took from the fight. That was the storyline that they wanted from the fight. Because they went in there with maybe a narrative that they wanted, or they went in there with a, a preemptive thought of the fight. And the case is, in this fight, is that, yes, Virgil Ortiz was hurt in the second round. And from there, people have painted their own picture from it. And they said that, well, okay, he's really susceptible. He doesn't maybe hit as hard as he needs to to, you know, not get caught. Uh, so where he, if he, you know, he could trade with people and if he gets caught, he's going to get hurt. All these things are, are they're just not true from that fight. Now, eliminate that one round, that one moment where he wasn't dropped, right? Eliminate that one moment from the fight. It was a shutout performance, a masterclass of a performance and for some reason the narrative on Virgil Ortiz is he's just an offensive fighter he's just gonna trade shots with you and it's just not the case he actually has more ability he's actually more technical than a lot of prospects that we're considering right now he gets hit a lot less than a lot of these guys and yes has he been hit by hooker yes but that's because he chose to go to that kind of fight with hooker because he didn't feel like hooker had the kind of firepower to stay in there with him in this fight he chose a different concept he was way more technical very technical. And I think that I knew that going in. I told you this fight was going to be a technical shootout. And he it was going to be the things that he could do and, and Mean Machine couldn't do that was going to change this fight. And that's exactly what happened. Is that he could get defensive. He could box. He could pick his spots. And he did do that. And he still got the stoppage. This was an elite performance. Now, has Mean Machine proven anything at any of these weight classes? Well, he was competitive with Terrence Crawford, who we think at that weight, he's one or two in the world. Uh, in the world at that weight and in pound for pound he's top four right you can have him from one to four and there's a case and argument for either spot and then he he goes right and doesn't hasn't lost another fight he's got a knockout rate of 18 fights uh 20 21 fights he's knocked down to 18 people he hurt terence crawford he gets in there and he hurts virgil Ortiz. it seems like he has power now people are trying to diminish his power or whatever they're trying to you know now it's another narrative it's like who's he fought and everything who is danny garcia beat at 147 who is mikey garcia beat at 147 who is lipinets beat at 147 who has ennis beat at 147 yes if he had the track record 
of Earl Spence, yeah, we'd be talking about him as he's a different fighter. He doesn't have Earl Spence track, track record. He doesn't have Terrence Crawford's track record. Doesn't mean he's not good. And you, sometimes you just can't, you gotta let your eyes do the test. And my eyes tell me the mean machine would beat Danny Garcia. He would beat a lot of PBC guys. He'd be very competitive reporter. This isn't the guy's gonna get blown out. Now, is he a guy that can go, you know, oh, he doesn't go, doesn't want 12 rounds before everything. So what? Okay, but he got took out of there. It wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a stamina thing? Okay, it wasn't a stamina thing that took him out of this fight because he got hurt in the third round. It wasn't a stamina thing. It was a skill thing. It was an ability thing. And Virgil Ortiz, besides the second round, had a, was absolutely outclassed. A guy that was a pretty damn good fighter. And I think that when you focus on this one instance of the thing, and some and you do it in some fights and not in other fights, that's where you get all over. Your narrative gets all over. I don't. I try not to do that. I try to just focus on exactly what's happening in this fight. That's why when I break down fight, I don't try to do it off of memory. I don't do it off their biggest fight. I try to do it off their latest fight. What did he look like the last three? Not what he looked like at his best moments. Or what he looked like at his worst moments. What does he look like now? And Virgil Ortiz looks better. And he looks like the kind of guy that if he feels he can get you out of there, he's going to go get you out of there. And if he feels like he needs a box, he's going to box. And if he feels like he needs to be defensive, he's going to be defensive. And he can do all those things. And you have in your mind, or people have in their mind, that he's just uh, a Mexican warrior that's just going to go and pound it out. He's not that fighter. You're trying to put him in that thing. He's like that uh, He's like that. Um, that video where that guy's like, you're not that guy, pal. He's not that guy, pal. He is not that guy, pal. That's he isn't. You're trying to put him in that because you think he fits that comparison of whoever you think in your head he is, or, or Robert Garcia fighter. He isn't that. He is technical as hell. He's fast. He's got speed. Now is he on the fastest feet? No, he's more of a technical mover. He's more balanced and picks his spots, but he still can move and he could cut an angle pretty quick. He's pretty good at cutting an angle, and he's going to be a threat to anyone. I think he's ready for anyone. Now him and Terrence Crawford go. That's a fight that they're talking about. I have my doubts. I think Terrence Crawford's going to be a free agent. I think he's going to either possibly fight Porter. He's got out of that fight and fight one of the guys top ranks had. And then he's going to be a free agent. And I think that I think there will be a deal worked out with PBC. And I do believe that him and Spence, him and Porter, him and Thurman, one of those fights is going to happen. And then you will get all the fights you wanted for Terrence Crawford all next year. And the year after that. I have my doubts that Ortiz is going to go fight Crawford next. Not saying that that wouldn't be a good fight. Not saying that he would lose that fight. I'm just saying I have my doubts. I think that they could get one more stage up, right? As in, uh, maybe a Vargas, maybe a Danny Garcia, a guy like that. Now it's gonna be hard because those are PBC guys. So it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting matchmaking at this point. And if Terrence Crawford turns down that mandatory, well then we get Porter uh, Virgil Ortiz. And that's perfect for him. That's a perfect fight for him. And it's a good, good fight for Porter as well. But don't let one round ruin the whole narrative of the fight. That's what you're doing. You're trying to let that one round control it. It's not the case. And don't, you know, it's now we're having the thing where it's like, who's better, him or Ennis? And it's like, well, Ennis hasn't necessarily proven that he's at that top level yet either. Right. And I would say that I like what Virgil Ortiz has done more than I like what Ennis has done so far. Now, I really like Ennis. I'm not saying I don't like what he's doing, but I just don't, the resume's not there yet, where I think it is for Virgil Ortiz, where these are like incredible names, guys that we know are tough and we're good guys. 
Now, NSB Lipinets, who's never really beat anyone at 147, is a 140 fighter that doesn't want to cut weight anymore. Uh, has rumor of hitting hard, but hasn't really done any power. Hasn't really been that powerful at 147. He's an undersized guy. And he was hit by him. And I this is going to stun you, but Virgil Ortiz can do more in the ring than Ennis. I think he's better defensively than Ennis. The undercard was kind of lackluster. I think uh, I think Alvarado and Gutierrez have just seen each other one so many times, and that fight just that's just how that fight's gonna look now, and it shouldn't happen again. Gutierrez won it, kind of boring fight. Uh, Felix Alvarado fought on the undercard of that on the th- you know the opener, and damn that guy is he's an animal, and he's right in his perfect stride right now. And you need to get real opponents in front of him. You need to get real opponents in front of him, real names. That guy's a really exciting fighter. It's a guy that just fights. Not maybe the way you would teach someone to fight, but he t- he fights in the way he sh- he he body allows him to fight. He's a beautiful fighter, powerful, deadly, and I just want to see him fight better opponents. Now let's go to the next card, and we had uh, Casimero versus Rigandel, and this is a controversial fight, and it, it makes sense, and I honestly could see it either way you want to see it. If you could tell me that Rigandel won that fight, I believe you. If you tell me Casimero won that fight, I believe you. What we have here is how do we want fights to be scored going forward? And this is the thing that we have every time this controversy. And it's, you know, it's very similar to gymnastics where it's opinion-based, right? You're judging people's opinion on what a performance is. But should Rigandale be awarded for avoiding a fight? Should be, should she be, Should he be awarded for avoiding... A fight altogether is that a skill right is that boxing is that technical i don't i don't believe it is now did he land clean shots he did right it wasn't a lot wasn't many and casimero's shots weren't that effective but he was coming forward trying to you know make a fight of it i think that that style could possibly work if you have the bigger name right and i i'm not saying comparing him to floyd but there were some performances of floyd where he was more defensive than he was offensive, that's for sure. And he was for sure neglecting, uh, ne- ne- not, uh, I'm not, I can't think of the right word. He was for sure making sure a fight didn't break out in some fights, right? But usually he landing clean, uh, punches, uh, like wow punches on the counters. They really catches your attention in your eye. But he has a big name. Floyd has a big name. He's the biggest name in boxing. That's going to favor him in a decision. Regal doesn't have that. And Regal's never been able to get to level. And he's kind of never understood it. And at points, I would like be arguing for him too. But with those kind of performances, even if somehow he had won that fight, who the hell was going to put Regal in a main event again? Like, you think PBC was, you think PBC wants to stay in the Regal business after that? No, they don't. I think when they signed Regal, they thought, "Ah, right, maybe he slowed down a little bit. He'll be a little bit more entertaining." And he was for the most part. It was a, it was they were right. And then he got his legs back. So I was surprised. I thought Casimiro was going to drop him early, which he did, and got the the takedown was taken away from him. And then Regal was going to be able to find uh, a way of surviving and staying relevant in this fight, and which he did. Right. So I was right there. And then I thought Casimiro would catch him late. He never got to be able to catch him late. Regal's legs stood consistent, like a younger Regal. It just wasn't enough action. And I just don't know if you reward that. Because the sport going forward, right? If you have basketball, they change the rules to get more scoring. 
in football, they change the rules to get uh, wide receivers more touchdowns. They change the rules so the quarterbacks don't get hurt. In boxing, is this a shift that no one's talking about? No, a rule change that no one's really considering. We're, we're just not going to reward guys for avoiding fights like this. For, you know, being able to stop a fight in the ring. I think for some way you have to fight. I think the... Well, the mistake Casemiro made in the fight was he fell into the game and he showed for obvious frustration, which he should have never. He was headhunting too much and he should have just wants the body, even though it was going to be blocked by Rigo. At least it showed contact. It would make a noise. Uh, there was a point like in the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight where Pacquiao kind of was just exploding at points, right? De La Hoya did this too with Mayweather. Just like, this is going explode on you. I'm going to hit you in the arms right but it's, I'm getting the crowd going. It's a mental game at that point with the judges. You could steal rounds that way. And Casemiro kind of didn't do that. He kind of showed the frustration. He kind of showed that he wasn't hitting him. And that was a mistake. And when he went to the head, he would miss wide. And it's like, why are you still going to the head? You're not going to hit this guy. Go to the body. Make it look like you're landing. But Casemiro was rewarded the thing just for putting the pressure. Now, I hear a lot of things ring generalship. And I think ring generalship is a very slippery slope. And sometimes I'll use it to argue because just to show how ridiculous it is, right? That we use it in some and we don't use it in other fights. Or, you know, like in this fight, you could say both guys were ring generals, right? You could say that Casemiro was pushing Rigo back, not allowing him to get in the positions he wants, keeping him on the move. But you could say that Rigo was ring generalship by not staying there and Casemiro not being able to close him off and being able to move Casemiro, make Casemiro chase him. See, the, it doesn't work because the term works both ways. It needs to be get rid, get rid of. You can't score a fight like that. You can't use that to score a fight. It should just be who lands the cleaner punches. But in this case, right, this case, Rigo probably won. Like, I'm, like more I'm thinking about Rigo probably won the fight. But I don't know if you reward that kind of fighting. I don't think it's good for the sport. I, don't th- I think that that belongs in the amateurs. That's what the amateurs are. And the thing is, like, when the amateurs, when the Americans go and win a medal in the amateurs, why it means so much, first of all, is because... Usually the guys are Cubans are like 29 years old, 30, still chasing uh, medals, right? And they perfected a style that only fits amateurs of just scoring and removing themselves from any contact. And when American wins, it's usually off of like a pro style. It's more pro style than anyone in the amateur, in the thing. So when he wins, he's winning off of against a rule set that favors him in a style that's not really favored in that. So that's why it's such a big deal. So when these guys win silver medals, that means a lot. That means they're very good fighters. And they're very good at what they do. I don't think you want to reward the amateur style, as what the Cubans do, Europeans do, and the pros. I don't think those make for very good fights. And I think that the sport has to be entertaining at some point. So you can't really reward that. It needs to be, The entertainment value of it is important, just as it is in boxing, just as it is in the NFL, just how it is in MLB. All these things are changed. They have to change the rules. To be increase the scoring. And if you don't increase the scoring, it, the, the viewership's going to drop. So that fight was not good for boxing. And that was not a great card because, well, Rashu Warren had a hell of a uh, first fight. Um, definitely the highlight. He was definitely the best fighter on that card. Had the best moment. Um, then the second fight was a headbutt where, you know, I've seen people saying that the guy could have continued. Um, it looked to me like he broke his nose. It was on his nose, the cut. If you broke your nose, the headbutt, and you want to continue the fight, it's like, hey, I'm at a major disadvantage here. Okay, so I'm not going to continue the fight. I don't blame that. That was a, a big headbutt. I think he made the right move of saying, hey, you know, if my nose is broken or I have a real bad cut. And it's, why am I putting myself at the disadvantage of that? 
we go to the ESPN card, and you had uh, Andrew Maloney versus Joshua Franco, and I, I bet big on this one. I bet big on the Casimiro fight. I kind of think I was built out on the Casimiro fight, uh, but I bet big on the Maloney fight. I thought Franco was kind of, you know, I thought the style was kind of exposed last time in Maloney in the second fight, which he probably should have won of swelling from a jab he landed. Um, but no, Franco had more dimensions to his game and he was able to adjust and he was able to put pressure. There's a thing with putting pressure, but putting pressure and still f- keeping your distance, uh, keep being able to box while you're putting pressure, like being able to pick your spots or set traps while you're pushing someone forward or being re- able to counter that position. And that's what he did. And he, it was similar to what he did in the first fight and he came back and continued in, in this third fight. Um, and he's a good fighter and a great win for uh, Rodriguez, uh, Robert Rodriguez, who, um, no, I'm sorry, my, Robert Garcia, who had, also has uh, Virgil Ortiz, so a great win for them. Also for Golden Boy, who's going to take that belt and now bring that back to Golden Boy and to DAZN or whatever, whoever they sign with. So it was a good night for Golden Boy. It was a real good night for Golden Boy, real good night for uh, Robert Garcia. And, um, you know that I'm curious what happens with the Maloney's. Uh, I think the the brother Jason Maloney had a draw uh, with Greer. Oh no, got the win from Greer, I believe. A good, a good competitive fight, and then Andrew Maloney loses this fight. It's like I don't know where they go with them. They, there's not it's not really a weight class that they're 100 percent committed to, even though they have in a way. It's about the only guy they have. I don't know what Harpreg's plan is ever. When I watch these fights, I never know what what direction they're trying to head to. But. You know we are we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see how that plays forward. I wouldn't be surprised if the Maloney uh, one of the Maloney's gets cut at least, if not both of them. Even you know even though Jason Maloney came off a win, I I could still see them both getting cut. And I think that they would be good additions maybe to the PBC roster, along with Greer, which I heard someone bring up, and I th- I think that's not a bad idea either. The PBC is pretty stacked in those two weights. They're going like one eighteen, one twenty two. They're obviously. Uh, gonna look to do something there with once they figure out who the best guy from each each weight is that they have i think it's i think we're in a real exciting time i think the a fight that's turning out more and more important is how the ugas and pacquiao turns out and i think that for the pbc for earl spence i think you guys winning is the biggest i think they need that i think they need you guys to win that fight I don't think Manny Pacquiao is going to fight beyond this fight. I think this is his last one. And I think you need you guys to win this fight, whether competitive or not, and to set up that Earl Spence, a big Earl Spence fight. I want to talk about Bellator. You had Gegard Mousasi get the win over Salter. Um, and Salter is really one-dimensional. And you know, I'm I'm working on something right now about wrestlers in MMA, uh, especially UFC. Um, and you know, it's not as dominant as it once was. Um, I'm looking. I'm just starting to you know to to tear this apart. Of you know, what is it? Is it familiarity? Is it a lack of talent? What what is it? I'm trying to see. But Salter would have been a lot better ten years ago. But now he's really one dimensional. For a guy like Gegard Mousasi, he's just too much for that. He offers too much to look at he's he's seen a lot of things he's very skilled from either off his back on top you know standing up he's he's just too good for that and i think that gegard winning he's a familiar name 
you know, he's had time in the UFC. He's had success at a lot of places. Him winning is very good for Bellator. You need uh, consistent champs are are very underrated. Um, people think that when you know in the NFL, like when a team keeps winning the title, like the Patriots, that it's bad for the sport. Like, oh, it's so one sided. You know, these guys always win. It's not. It's actually very good for the sport. It builds familiarity. Familiarity is uh, familiarity is very important. That's why, like, show like Friends. You know, it could. Maybe the seasons get worse, but you because you're so familiar with the show and the pacing of it and like that, you keep coming back to it. Familiarity is very important. And Gegard Musasi being champ is it's 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 what they need. They need a consistent champ that you start thinking like, well, who can beat him? And then, and then you start creating opponents for him. Instead of having two guys you don't know, you have one guy you know, and then you're like, okay, let's see. Can this guy challenge him? How about this guy? And you start creating things. And then they start becoming interesting matchups at that point. We got a big week. A big week. Oh well, I guess we talked about fake money real bets. Terrible week. I, I got. I'm getting desperate now. I, I was. I had. Was on a heck of a run. Once I lost that, I felt like. I don't know. I just felt like I couldn't get back to that position. I don't know if I should just restart it now. Uh, admit my loss for this year. We'll see. But I. I, I got the Casemiro one. Skin of my teeth. And then uh, Andrew Maloney just doesn't show up. Uh, isn't able to you know really solve the Franco fight. Actually competitive fight but just wasn't able to solve them so i lose 300k on that one i win 100 something on the other one we're gonna see where i go from there i'm struggling i don't know if i should just start from scratch again and start building up with the strap but we'll see we'll see where i go from there but this week we got pacquiao yugas i know people are not you know it's not as hyped as it would be for spence of course but i think this is a very good fight i think we're very interesting to see where pacquiao is very interesting to see yugas at that level um and it's very important for the PBC. It's very important for Spence. Very important for Crawford. It'd be interesting to see if PBC, you know, if Crawford comes next year to PBC. And Pacquiao does have one more fight. And let's say Spence is 100% healthy. What if Crawford gets Pacquiao on PBC? Like, there's a thousand different ways this could play out. It's an important fight. I can't wait to watch it. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been the Ezra Podcast.